Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of 1 Peter. The book of 1 Peter in chapter number 1. We're in a Sunday school series of Strengthen the Brethren, which is of course the commandment that Jesus had told Peter that when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. And the answer to that prayer was the book of 1 and 2 Peter. And we can see here the principle of being strong in the Lord. And as we go on, we now find our way in the book of 1 Peter in chapter number 1. The book of 1 Peter chapter number 1, and notice with me as we begin in verse number 3. 1 Peter chapter number 1, starting at verse 3. The Bible says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again, unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the book of First Peter chapter 1? First Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, notice the phrase, a lively hope. A lively hope. You could also say it this way, a living hope. And that's the thing that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ is a living hope. And so with the Lord's help, we'd like to study this portion of 1 Peter and see this principle of hope. That we're supposed to be strong in hope. Peter is the apostle of hope. His message is a most hopeful message to hurting people. Again, persecution is right at the door. People have already been persecuted, but it's going to be turned full blast. What do you need when you're a persecuted people? Hope. In fact, hope is one thing that people cannot live without. People cannot live without hope. Now, you can live a small amount of time without water. You can live some time without food, but you cannot live without hope. I heard of a story, a real life account of a city councilman who gathered a press conference, gathered all the news people, said any important announcement, and as they were filming and he's given the announcement, he took a gun and put it in his mouth and shot himself and had a note that he was without hope. Even working as a chaplain, there was a night uh, last fall where while I was working, we had five attempted suicides within the county all at once within the same hour. What was the source of it? They were without hope. People cannot live without hope. You understand with a Christian world, as we're trying to live, the Bible gives a promise. Not all the promises give us a smile or face. The Bible says, all ye that shall live godly shall suffer persecution. That's a promise. And so as persecution hits, as people start to look at us differently, because we're trying to live for the Lord and it doesn't match the world's idea, 
there's going to be hard times that comes. And there's, the world is always cyclical. We could see the pattern of history. We could watch things and understand where we're at. And when persecution starts coming, and it's illegal to have a Bible, and it's illegal to go to church, and just for preaching a biblical message, you could go to jail. How do you go forward? Hope. 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 Hope is something we need and we have to be strong in hope. In this passage, Peter is writing to a people who are suffering. These believers were facing a difficult hour. And the word of God was given to encourage them and to give them hope. Now we all have troubles. Sooner or later, we're all going to have something difficult that we're going to deal with in our lives. God has allowed us to enter into the furnace of testing and trial, and it's not to harm us. It's not to hurt us. But what it does is it purifies us to remove the dross that we may become as pure as gold, as fine as gold. God allows trials in our life. How do you survive them? Hope. Hope. God is giving us hope. So notice if you don't mind, I'd like to see some things here in the book of 1 Peter. And I want to show you some things dealing with hope. First of all, our salvation. Our salvation. Notice again in the book of 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and, the fa and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope. How? By the resurrection of of Jesus Christ from the dead. These, this letter is being addressed to people who have been born again. That they've been um, begotten again unto a lively hope. We understand that when you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit who is God comes to live within inside of you. And you become a new creature. This is why Jesus spoke to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye must be born again. Ye must be born again. Having one birth is not enough. That the moment that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you become born again. You have a brand new birthday. This is what it's speaking about, that we have been begotten us again unto a lively hope. We've been born again. We become a new creature. Notice what this is based off of because of Jesus Christ. It's Notice, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy. Mercy is getting, um, not getting what we deserve. What do we deserve? We deserve hell. We don't deserve to be in God's presence. We deserve to be separated from God from all eternity. But because of salvation, we can be with him. Think about how much salvation is a hope. Our hope is real. Let me define the word hope. Sometimes we use the word hope as a wistful, wishful thing. That it's almost like carrying in the wind. I hope it doesn't rain today. I hope it doesn't snow this winter. That's more wishful, wistful things. Nothing you could grab a hold on. Nothing you could base it off of. But the salvation that we have gives us a real hope. I know that I'm going to heaven because I've accepted Christ as my Savior and God is going to do what He said He was going to do. My salvation brings me hope. He saved me. I had no hope in myself, but He brought me hope. I deserved hell, but He saved me. He brought me hope. 
Our salvation is based off of this hope that Jesus Christ has died for me. And he has provided for us this mercy. Not only our salvation, but I also want to show us our hope. Our hope. Now again, the word hope means a confident expectation of someone or something sure to come. The word hope is a confident expectation of something or someone sure to come. Our hope is that Jesus Christ is going to do what he said he was going to do. Now, when people hear us, they think of this as very fantastical. So you mean to tell me that your hope is that Jesus Christ, who you have never met, is going to come back for you from the clouds? Yes. Are you crazy? No. Then how can you believe such thing? Because I have hope. What is that hope based off of? Remember, it's a confident expectation of someone or something sure to come. How can we say we have hope? We can hope in the future because of what he's done in the past. What did he do in the past? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why can I hope that he's going to come back? Because he rose again. My hope is in a risen Savior. This is why we call it a lively hope. My hope is in something that is alive. Not something that's dead. You think of someone who says, I want to be like Buddha. Buddha will help me. Well, Buddha is dead. That's not a lively hope. It's not a living hope. Jesus Christ died and was buried on a borrowed tomb. But on the third day, he rose again to live forevermore. Because he rose, because he is a resurrection, I have a hope that lives today. He is alive. That's why I can have hope. My hope and trust in is something that is alive. He is able to do his word and complete his promise because he is alive. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Oh, what a wonderful thing. Notice with me, if you don't mind, the book of Ephesians chapter 2. We're coming back here, but Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. I want to show you what we used to be. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 12. Here it gives our state of what we used to be like. Ephesians chapter 2. Oh, I love the rustling of scripture. I love it when people are looking for themselves. Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And I want you to see what the Bible said our state was beforehand. Ephesians 2 verse 12, that at the time ye were without Christ, so before we knew Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. That word aliens is not outer space, it just means that you weren't a part of them. We were not part of Israel, we were aliens, we were Gentiles. And strangers, remember we'd used the word stranger before, something that doesn't belong, something that's not a part of, from the covenants of the promise, having no hope. And without God in the world. What was our state before Christ? Well, we didn't have the promises of Israel. We didn't have the promises that God had given them. We were without any hope. You understand, even today, the Hebrew person who's not saved still has hope because God made promises to them. But for us Gentile folks, 
Without Christ, there was no hope. There was nothing we could count on. There was nothing we could trust in. That was our state. Oh, and then we met Jesus. And Jesus gave us hope because he died not just for Israel, but for the sins of the whole world. Now we have hope. By the way, what is the con- one of the conditions of the people who do not have Jesus Christ as their Savior in current present tense? They're without hope. They are hopeless. You understand, you cannot live long without hope. This is why so many people who, they may not admit it, but there are so many people who are afraid to lay their pillow or head on their pillow at night. Because they don't know what would happen to them if they were to wake up. They don't have any guarantee of the future. They don't have any promise that it will get better. Remember as I was telling you we're dealing with these suicides as a chaplain. And dealing with them all the time now. What is the common thread? They're without hope. With as bad as last year was. And as awful as this year seems. And the unknown still ahead. They have no hope that things are going to get better. How would you react if you thought this was the best the world is ever going to get? This is the best your life is ever going to be. This is the best you could hope for. It's only going to get worse from here. How can you deal with such things? Now remember, tragedies happen to the saved and unsaved alike. Some of them are going through hard times. Where do they turn? Maybe they have family problems and they've alienated everybody in their family. Where do they turn? Where's any hope that they have? Maybe they have children that are far away. What hope do they have that they'll ever get fixed? Marriages that are loveless. We heard of a, a missionary who, um, who, while he was on the field, something happened inside and he become so messed up and they came back to the states and the wife was just praying he needs hope he needs hope well without christ where do you receive any kind of hope you can't hope in the government that will fail you you can't hope in other people that will fail you you can't hope in a political party or a person that will fail you you can't hope in an entity you can't hope in a false religion you can't hope in false joy you can't hope in sexual desires you can't hope in hollywood where do you go the thing that is different about us is that we have hope and it's not an imaginary hope it is a hope that is alive It is a lively hope. Our hope and confidence is in Jesus Christ who is alive forevermore that he is going to do what he said he was going to do. We have a living hope. That's the hope that we have. We can be strong in the hope of that. Notice if you don't mind in the book of Titus chapter number 2. We're still carrying with this idea of this hope. Titus chapter number 2. If you've never heard that message that I preach on hope, I encourage you to go to the archives and find it. Where I just walk through the New Testament and show you this word hope and do a word study on it and see the hope that we have. Why is it that we can hope in Jesus Christ? And I go through this list. Oh, having a living hope is a wonderful thing. But notice if you don't mind, in the book of Titus. The book of Titus. So it's in the T section. First and second Thessalonians. First and second Timothy. And then the book of Titus. The book of Titus. 
And notice with me Titus chapter number 2. Titus chapter number 2 and notice with me in verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope. Notice what it calls our hope here. The blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. What is our hope we're looking for? We're looking for a lively hope. We're looking for our blessed hope that Jesus Christ is coming again. Oh, this is the hope that we have. That this world is not our home. It's not our final destination. Jesus Christ is coming back. The hope that we have is a lively hope. The hope that we have is a blessed hope. Oh, I encourage you to go do your own word study in the New Testament. It talks about that it is a glorious hope. Oh, I love that. Oh, how it refers to that hope. It is a saving hope in the book of Romans. Oh, go back and find that message. It will encourage you. It is a wonderful thing to understand the hope that we have. Now, as we turn back to the book of 1 Peter. The book of 1 Peter. We see some more about the hope that we have. Oh, I'm thankful for this hope. The word hope has become one of my favorite Bible words. Good. The book of 1 Peter chapter number 1. Notice with me now in verse number 4. We see not only our salvation. We see our hope. But we also see here as Peter is encouraging the brethren. Our inheritance. Our inheritance. Notice with me in verse number four. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away. Remember that whenever the Bible uses that word and, it's called a, ah, I forgot what it's called. It's a nice fancy English word. But in the Bible it uses it quite often to use that word and in a list. And when it does that, it wants you to pay attention that each part of the list is important. So as it's talking about it, this inheritance, notice what it covers it. It says our inheritance is incorruptible. Our inheritance is undefiled. Our inheritance is something that fadeth not away. Oh, what a wonderful thing that we have an inheritance. By the way, what's our inheritance? Jesus has made, uh, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we are made co-heirs with Jesus we're going to rule and reign with him in the millennial kingdom. There is something reserved for us. And this inheritance that God has promised us, it says that it's incorruptible. Meaning, guess what? It won't rust. That's something that's good in Wisconsin. It's not going to rust. It's not going to be corrupted. It's not going to fall apart. Notice, it says it's undefiled. That means nothing can mess it up. It can't be corrupted. It can't be defiled. Oh, notice, and it fadeth not away. Oh, things will fade away over time. Things wax worse and worse. But the inheritance that we have is not going to fall apart. It's not going to corrupt. It's not going to need a new paint job every now and again. It's not going to need car repairs every 200,000 miles. It is something that's going to last. You know, that's something we can look forward to. You know, here on earth, you could say, I finally got the car I want. But guess what? That car is not going to be always the car that you want Amen. without fixing. Amen. Amen. That house that you wanted, 
is not going to stay the perfect dream house. If it's not taken care of, it's going to start falling apart. There's things. But the things we look forward to in heaven, the things we look forward to in the millennial kingdom, the things that we look forward to as we receive all the things that we have because we are God's child, will not be defiled. It will not be corrupted. It will not fade away. Oh, the Bible says it's reserved in heaven for you. It's reserved. It's set aside. It's got your name on it. It won't be given away. We can look forward to this. We have a hope in something that's beyond this time. This, may I say, is the worst we're ever going to have it. We have better things up ahead. That is our hope. Our hope is not in this stinking, rotten, filthy world. Our hope is not this, that this world would get better. It would be nice. But our hope is not in this world to get better. Our hope is not in the next president. Our hope is not in the next governor. Our hope is in Christ. And all that he has promised for us. Now again the context. This is given to people who is under persecution and suffering now. And it's only going to get worse. It's going to get turned up. How can you survive those times? Only with hope. Only with hope. Now you are going to have some things you're going to face. It may not be that the world turns upside down in your life. But it could be that you get a bad doctor's report. It could be that you get a letter in the mail that floors you. It could be that someone comes up to you and tells you that the relationship you have is not what you thought it could be. How do you survive those personal trials? Only with hope. Only with hope. We must be a hopeful people. In fact, that should be the hallmark of every Christian. Is that we are hopeful people. You understand, when you're a hopeful people, you're able to deal with whatever comes. Now again, our theme this year is the joy of the Lord is our strength. Where does this joy come from? Hope. My hope is that God is going to keep his promise. How can you keep going with everything falling apart in your life? How can you go without freaking out and crying and pulling out your hair? Hope. Hope. The hallmark of a true Christian following after Christ is that we are hopeful people. And it should be demonstrated in how we speak and how we respond and how we deal. Because our hope is real. For someone who doesn't have a real hope, their hope will fall apart and crumble before everyone else. We should be a hopeful people. As many times as so-and-so has let you down, how can you still be, think they're going to come back? Hope. Hope. This person has never changed after 30, 40, 50, 60 years. What, what, what idea do you think that God's going to do something? Hope. Hope. And my hope is a living hope. You understand? The joy of the Lord is our strength. When we say that, we're saying it because it's based off of hope. Not a wistful hope. Not a wishful hope. But a confident expectation of someone or something sure to come. My confidence, my hope, Hope, the word hope is also equivalent to the word faith. 
my hope is living because Jesus Christ is living. I am a hopeful person because I have a risen Savior. Be strong in hope. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three oh eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three oh eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.